touching on to, for example, you've talked about some pornography, you've talked a little bit maybe about, we need to talk a little bit about cyberbullying. So children are constantly on the internet, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, this one, that one. Um, and there is so much cyberbullying going on. How can we, how can we protect children from being, you know, the person who gets abused by others online? And if they are abused, how do we help them? I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, teenagers being bullied by other people online. You're too skinny. You're too fat. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too this. You're too that. And then. They don't know what to do and it becomes a huge problem and then you know it it, it becomes it, it it stops being only online then it becomes at school as well because the people who are bullying you online are also your classmates so how how do we navigate that oh um have you got two days um <laughs> One of the things, because um, I, it's so funny when I talk to kids about um, this with teenagers, especially, I tell them that I have been, um, I've been cyberbullied, and the kids go, "But Miss old. <laughs> it happens to old people too. Um, I've actually had a TikTok video that's been seen nearly half a million times, but it was only because of the trolls, to be honest. Um, so one of the things is don't feed the trolls. That's my sort of mantra. Um, don't respond. Um, block them so what I teach children is if somebody's um, bullying you it's here in Australia it's against the law people now we had a, a young girl take her own life and because of that we now have legislation that if a child hurts themselves then the bully can be charged mm -hmm. um, so we need evidence so you take a screenshot block them delete it report it so, again, it comes back to having this safety team of people um, that children can talk to about anything. They did a study here in Western Australia of teenagers who were being cyberbullied, and teenagers said they would not tell a parent if they were being cyberbullied for fear of the parent taking the device away from them. Mm. And so um, also here in Australia we have somebody called the eSafety Commission um, well, we've got the safety commissioner who's in charge of the commission. And I actually walk children through. I take them onto their website and they've got um, a column for if you're being cyberbullied, a comment, uh, a column for if you've seen um, explicit content or if you've been sent naked pictures or have sent naked pictures, we can report that. And I physically walk the young people through it we make up a story and, and, you know, I show them how to physically make the report. Um, and so I explain to young people that say you're being um, cyber bullied on Facebook, teenagers aren't on Facebook, but we'll use yeah. Facebook because we adults, <laughs> old people are on Facebook. So yes. your listeners will understand this. So you report it to Facebook. If Facebook don't do it, any, well, if Meta doesn't do anything within two days, here in Australia, we can report it to the eSafety Commission. They will contact Meta and say, take it down. And if they don't do anything within 24 hours, I think it's they can be fined up to $26,000 a day until they take it down. Okay. When I tell that to teenagers, they get very excited because they think they get the money. And I have to explain, <laughs> nope. you don't get the dough. Sorry, kids. Um, but, you know, physically walking them through it, 
we also here in Australia have um, um, something called the Kids Helpline. Mm -hmm. And I physically ring the Kids Helpline with every class from seven-year-olds up. I ring the Kids Helpline with the whole class to show them what it's like. You know, we have ads on the telly and the kids have heard of the Kids Helpline. Yes. But it's not until I, by physically ringing it, it takes away that scariness. Mm -hmm. And kids will go, oh, Holly, that wasn't a simulator. That was a real person. And, you know, the classic comments that come out of their mouth. Um, so that's another extension of the safety team, that if you can't talk to an adult because you think they'll you'll get into trouble, there are other avenues where, you know, the Kids Helpline, the eSafety Commission, you don't have to deal with this by yourself. But so take a screenshot, delete them, block them, and then report it is the advice that I give. But also we need to talk to young people about if you see this happening to a friend of yours, don't go on there and say, hey, leave them alone because yeah. then the troll will turn on them. Yeah. But to support them face-to-face -face and in the private messaging saying, nobody feels like that, don't listen to them, but, you know, not to be a be an upstander, not a bystander. And actually, if you see it happening to a friend of yours, then you can report it to somebody that you trust because way too many of our young people are taking their own lives. Yes. And, you know, because I, as an adult, I know how hard it was for me. And, and you know, my brain's fully formed. It's not my whole life. Mm -hmm. But still, that happened probably when I was first cyberbullied probably happened about six years ago. The first thing I still do in the morning is grab my phone because not everybody wants me to talk to kids about, you know, there are people out there who would love to shut me up. <laughs> the first thing I do in the morning is grab my phone just to make sure nobody else has made horrible comments. And my husband goes, oh, for goodness sake, Holly, you're not a 12 year old, put your phone down. But he doesn't understand. I still get anxious and, you know, you still get your early warning signs every time you pick up your phone because you think, gosh, is it going to be there again? So, kids are living with these early warning signs the whole time and it just adds more pressure um you know we've already got kids that are um having problematic you know social media time yep. um but then when you've got the cyberbullying on the top it's sort of like again a double-edged sword they want to be on it but then they've got to go and check it to make sure people aren't being horrible to them and so as an adult i know how difficult it can be and What's the best way to, to talk to children and explain that no means no to them? Consent. Love it. <laughs> um, we have to, again, model consent. If you were holding a toddler and I wanted to cuddle, I'd go, can I have a cuddle? And if they put out their arms, I'd take them. If they cuddled into you, I wouldn't take them. Mm -hmm. So we really need to explain. Um, and you know, for years and years and years, we've always made children share their toys and things like that. Yes. So we, we're not, you know, we say, well, no, I don't want to share my toy. And that should be okay. We also need to explain. So the example that I use with children, when I've got a class of children, I say, put up your hand if you, who likes being tickled? And of course, most of the kids will put up their hand. And I'll go up to a child and say, um, okay, who doesn't like to be tickled? And if any children have got their hand up, I'll go up to them and say, well, can I tickle you? And they usually sit on the carpet going, you're the teacher, do what you like. Well, no, if you don't like it, you've got the right to say you don't like it. 
Or even if you did like it, we keep going and going to they're just about wetting their pegs. And when they say stop, do we stop? Yeah. Not usually yeah. because it's hilarious. Yeah. So um, I'll choose a child and then they'll say either yes or no. And then if they say no, I'll say, oh, come on, please let me tickle you. No. Come on, let me tickle you. You're making me look bad in front of the class. Let me tickle you. And so I'm modelling this with them the whole time. No. Well, um, I'll give you $5 if you let me tickle you. And we talk about, no, that's a bribe. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't let me tickle you, I'm going to hurt you. No, that's a threat. People aren't allowed to threaten you. But especially for children, the big one is I won't be your friend. Mm. Yep. You're not allowed to do that. Friendship, you know, in a friendship, there is nobody that has more power over anybody else. And it can be a test of friendship. So, again, you can model this and practice this with children really easily without frightening them. But as soon as they say no, so if I'm tickling them and they say stop, I stop straight away. Mm-hmm. And I, But I have an understanding with them. If you want me to keep going, then you say, Holly, can you do it again? Otherwise, I won't do it again. And so it's really important that parents model this with children. In fact, the yellow book that I wrote there um, was a story. The kids love my story because it was when I was a little girl, I had an uncle who when we would go to leave, he would get my little face and he would scrape it down his whiskers and then he'd take out his false teeth and go, give me a kiss, give me a kiss. The kids love the story, but I was made to kiss that uncle goodbye. Mm. And so the story goes that the teacher teaches the kids about having a safety team. So I come up with a plan and the plan is to tell my mum, who says, oh, come on, he's just a silly old fella. He's just playing. They get in the car. So my mum didn't listen to me. Then I have to tell my aunt and she stops him from doing it. So the, the simple story shows kids how, um, you know, if, if somebody doesn't listen to you, then you need to keep telling mm-hmm. and persistence. And so, again, if parents have similar stories from their own childhood, to share that with their children, um, we need to advocate for children and not, you know, make children kiss grandma goodbye mm-hmm. because, you know, Grandma might be like me and gets that one whisker on her chin that just freaks them out. (laughs) Or, um, you know, she might have told them off two weeks ago and they're harboring a grudge. But when we're not in front of grandma, say, oh, you didn't want to kiss grandma goodbye. Any reason for that? You know, give kids permission to tell us the bad (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And so they know they can tell us anything. But I think it's a a shift in, in, in thinking because when we were young, or at least when I was young, we we were taught that we had to respect the elders, we had to do what we were told, etc, etc. And so if somebody wanted a kiss, either you wanted to give them a kiss or not, you had to give them a kiss. And now things are very different. But for parents who are bringing up children who were brought up that way, it's a shift of mentality that they actually need to come to, to grips with. And the grandparents, you know, taking yes. offence. It's not... You know, they might be cranky today. You do it tomorrow, they'll kiss you. It's, mm-hmm. But there are still ways you can show respect, like blowing a kiss, waving goodbye, yeah. fist bumps, high five, handshakes. There's other ways you can still say goodbye yes. all without disempowering children. But we need to empower children because and teach them consent. I, I, I cop a lot of um, trolling on my Facebook page 
uh, when I talk about, you know, we've got to teach consent from this big. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a sicko. You're a pedophile. You know, why are you talking to kids about sex? Consent's got nothing to do with sex. Consent is about body autonomy Mm -hmm. and that you're the boss of your body. Because when I'm working with um, 14-year-old young men in high school, they tell me they're watching two hours a week of pornography. If they're going to admit to two hours, they're watching way more. They're just telling the old lady at the front it's only two hours just to play it down. Um, But I say, fellas, why would you look at that? Oh, to learn technique, miss, to learn style. Let me stop you right there because it's not the right technique and there's no style. But there's no kissing. There's no foreplay. There's no pleasure for women. 88% of pornography that is produced is violence against women. And we wonder why, you know, domestic violence is on the increase. Not a hard, you know. Mm -hmm. To work that out but there's no consent and so we need to grow kids up knowing about consent so that when they are in a situation they can actually say no but also how to hear no that it's not a rejection of you it might just be no not right at the moment or no not to that particular thing right but to be checking in and, and making sure you know when parents are roughhousing with children you know and they they need to do that and especially boys um, you know, is this still okay? Are you still happy to do this? So that when they are, you know, in a situation later in when they're in a consensual relationship, um, they're still going to be checking in and making sure that everybody's open to everything that's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that like most things with childcare, the important thing is is to start young, be open, be honest, and model <laughs> definitely definitely um yes i just if i could just because i've mentioned about pornography a couple of times but i haven't actually said how i talk to six-year-olds about it so we've got just a few minutes for me yes, to do yes, that please because i don't call it pornography with six-year-olds we call them private pictures and private movies okay and so i explain to children because there's so much of it on youtube and um tiktok So I brainstorm with kids, where might kids see pictures or movies? And we call them private pictures and private movies. Where might kids see that? These are five-year-olds. This is answers from five-year-olds. YouTube's usually first. TikTok's usually second. And then it's Instagram, Snapchat, Netflix. They know it all. I haven't put the words in their mouth. They know that. Um, But I was in a a remote Aboriginal community and a little five-year-old boy put up his hand and said, Holly, it's easy. You just type in XXX. Yeah, you're right, but you're at five. And then I was in another very prestigious school and a little five-year-old girl put up her hand and said, Holly, it's easy. You just ask Siri. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know, right? But I explained to them that if you see pictures or movies, it's not healthy for your brain. And so I've written two books to help adults talk about this sort of stuff with children. Six-year-olds love brain science. So I get the kids to join up their fingertips and I say, our brains are amazing and it's made up of millions and millions of connections. But if you see pictures or moves of people no clothes on, it changes the connections in your brain. So I turn one hand over and I say, it releases a chemical in your brain called dopamine. Now, if you're running around, your brain will create a little bit of dopamine, say, keep running around, I like that feeling. Or if you eat chocolate, a little bit of dopamine, say, hey, have another chocolate. But if you see pictures or moves of people no clothes on, It's like a flood of this dopamine in your brain and your brain loves it, but it's not healthy for your brain. 
So you need to, if you're on an iPad and you see pictures like that, you need to turn it over and you need to go and show an adult what you saw. Not just tell an adult, because if kids say they saw somebody with no mm-hmm. clothes on, that's that's not what they saw. An adult needs to see what the kids have seen because I have children describing flashbacks. They're having nightmares. Kids are actually thinking dad is doing that to mum. So parents have to have this conversation from six at the latest. And, you know, parents will say, oh, but Holly, you know, my kids don't go on YouTube and, you know, we we do this and we do that. And um, one of the places kids tell me that they see pornography is they take their iPads to the grandparents' house um, because at home they might have, you know, filtering systems, but grandparents don't have that. Or kids go on play dates or the kid on the bus will show them. Mm -hmm. So it's kid parents cannot say my child will never come across it it will find them mm-hmm. and also and another so, child another child might have seen it and will describe it to somebody else and then you yeah. imagine something completely different even if it was something that was just you know innocent because the, the little minds just go all over the place yeah i had a police officer tell me her six-year-old daughter came home saying mummy a boy in my class today, this was a Friday, a boy in my class today said, when you're a grown-up, you've got to kiss a girl down there. And the whole class said, oh, you're telling lies. Don't be disgusting. Just shot him down. So on the Monday, he bought mum's phone to school to show all the children he wasn't lying. She goes to the principal on the Tuesday and says, this has happened. The principal goes, oh, we can't control what kids bring to school. What? What? <laughs> Did nothing about it. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't end well. Um, All right. She's well, a police officer. She's yes. following through. But it's that simple. And you know, parents again say they don't. You know, my my kid's a good kid. They'd never look at it. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. You know, it's it, it it'll find them. Things are not selective. Children will will learn from their friends or they'll learn it firsthand or they'll go looking for it. I mean, there's so many different ways to be exposed to things that they shouldn't be exposed. It's the same as, it's the same as, you know, drugs. And, you know, if in a home somebody says we don't have sugar in the home and then they go to their friend's house and they have sugar, it's the first thing that the children go for, right? So (laughs) it's the same. So... All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was really, really interesting. And um, I will link your website at the bottom of this video so people can can check it out. Super, thanks. And I'll send you the um, link to that um, poster. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.